my favorite podcast. It's your favorite podcast because you have a beer in your hand as we record this. One million percent. I also have a beer in my hand as we record this because this podcast features a brewery in one of the cities we have visited in the Ontario Hockey League. Yes, whenever we're on the road, people always ask what we're doing and this podcast takes you on the road with us. So if you look back to last year, when I filled in for Mike Torquia when we were on the Sault Ste. Marie trip, we went out for some duck wings and we enjoyed one of the local beverages and that was from Northern Superior Brewing. So this year I thought, Mike, we should go to the brewery. <laughs> it was a very good thought on your part, Chris. It was a very good thought on your part. Thank you. Uh, since this is all about bringing fans on the road with us, we should we should back up half a step before we talk more yes. about Northern Superior Brewing. I'm getting ahead of myself because this beer is delicious. It's very nice. What we are currently enjoying... I don't have my glasses so on. It's the 11 p.m. Schwartz beer. It's quite nice. It is. Hazelnutty. Yes. Dark and pouring. Very light. I would call it a, I would call it a dessert beer. I like these beers mm-hmm. to finish in. It's lighter than a stout. So we are in Saginaw, Michigan right now as we speak. It is uh, a wee bit past midnight. We have finished the broadcast of the Saginaw Spirit Kitchener Rangers game. Uh, Rangers won at 3-2, come from behind victory. But the night itself, well, let's, let's focus on some of the positive. Uh, Saginaw, any aspiring... OHL broadcasters uh, or uh, bus drivers. You want coach drivers, coach operators. You're right. Sorry. Any aspiring broadcasters. The media room spread in Saginaw might be the best on the circuit. I think so, for sure. Lots of offerings there. We were walking from the media room to the press box today and we were stopped. Uh, by a couple fans of the Rangers who were asking us how the spread was because all we do is talk about it here. And I I was perfectly honest, but I felt they thought I was joking. But you weren't. I wasn't. Right. When I said I wanted to stay in there and eat ribs and I wanted to have another piece of pizza and I didn't even get to try the pie. Four kinds. I had to go and do the broadcast, but I I had the inner battle. Inner Chris was like, just have, have two more ribs. Have two more of those smoked ribs. Have another piece of the pizza. You didn't even touch on the fried chicken. Ugh. And the the what, what were those buns? The um the roll like the, yeah, whatever. I don't it's, look, uh, whatever. I didn't even go near them. Deli- I did. There anyway. was there was mamwich. There was like mamwich, pizza, smoked ribs, Kentucky duck, four pies, donuts. Uh, I'm missing. There was some vegetable thing. I didn't go anywhere near. <laughs> Who cares? There's a whole plate of desserts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Coffee. And, and and the coup de gras. Large coffee cups. Much larger than most drinks. Tim Hortons large coffee cups. If these cups that we're drinking from at a hotel room in Saginaw were as big as those coffee cups, we would probably. Not be recording this right now. No, no, no. They're just tiny little mugs that we get to taste this wonderful Schwartz beer, 11 p.m. Schwartz beer from Northern Superior Brewing and our good friend Blake Winter. We're going to hear from him in just a sec. Uh, as we bring you on the road with us during this podcast, we should also point out that the broadcast itself tonight had its share of technical difficulties, which, whatever, hopefully on the other end, it, it sounded fine. That's 
all we can sincerely hope for. But we also had in the midst of the broadcast, perhaps our first of what I assume will be, if not many, several yeah. fights. We 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 we, sure. we bickered pretty uh, pretty extensively on the broadcast tonight. We did. It was it was uh, to steal a former term of your show, the, the Mike Farwell show on Five Seventies. Opposing views. Yes. It, it really was opposing views, and uh, things got heated. We spoke what we felt, and uh, I feel like the listener could feel the tension. Logan Stanley uh, laid out Brady Gilmore tonight in the first period with a very big, clean body check for which he had to answer to the fists of Keaton Middleton. And I'm like, you know what bugs me is that you can do something completely within the rules of the game and have to get punched in the face for doing it. And that bothers me. And I understand while it bothers you, but I feel that... If you're on a team, you have to stick up for your teammate. And if your teammate is in a vulnerable position or if somebody gets the best of your teammate, you need to stick up for them. And in this case, it was dropping the gloves. If somebody is going to grab my friend while we're walking down the street and punch him in the face, I'm probably going to punch him in the face. And that's what it came down to. And we have different different views on that and different views on fighting in hockey to begin with. And both sides voiced their opinions tonight. It was It was heated. Um, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Yeah, probably more heated than it needed to be, given yeah. all the technical difficulties I that were surrounding was, us at the time. It was, it was, it was a, a culmination. Excuse me, a culmination of uh, the technical difficulties, the, the the lack of sleep over the last couple, oh, last man. little while. These road trips are hard, eh? and a few other things that were in the air. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it all came out. Uh, I'm sure that will be an issue or a discussion topic for debate for on a future sure. podcast. For sure. Uh, I'm sure we will also talk about uh, rebalancing the schedule in the Ontario Hockey League, maybe realigning. Because, yes. listen, we are going through the north. I have very strong feelings about a northern division for this Ontario Hockey League now that North Bay is back in the league. But that's down the road. Right we now, can always talk about whether you know going for it all for one season... Or do you build for consistent mediocrity? <laughs> Why do you do this to See? me? See? Yeah. <laughs> Four 50-win seasons is the furthest thing from mediocrity. But anyway. Here we go. I digress. Uh, what we should focus on is the purpose of this podcast in particular. And that is bringing you on the road with us through the northernmost reaches of the Ontario Hockey League. This trip has taken us through the Sioux and Saginaw. And later on today, we'll be in Flint for the third of the three weekend games. But when we got to the Sioux, you and your brilliant idea led us on a walk from our hotel to Northern Superior Brewing in Sault Ste. Marie. All right. So, Blake, thanks a lot for having us, first of all. Not a problem. Um, I, I, we get the question a lot of, like, what's it like up in Sault Ste. Marie? What's it like in all these places? So, first off, as someone who lives here, what is it like? In Sault Ste. Marie, it's a it's kind of a unique town. I mean, we're we're kind of secluded up here in the north, close to the North Pole, but it's a it's a small town with a lot of heart, um, and especially it's a it's a hockey city. I mean, the people in this city just kind of live and die for their greyhounds, so it's a it's a good rallying point around the, this city, and it uh, kind of keeps us nice and close. 
your name, your last name seems appropriate to me. Winter yes. up here in yeah. Sault Ste. Marie, right? <laughs> Very fitting. Yeah. It must be great to see. I mean, you got the new arena, and the team's been playing really well lately, too. Yeah, so that yeah. rallying point definitely has people excited these days. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's great to see. We've had a lot of down years here up in the Sioux for hockey, so it's, uh, it's nice to see we've had a run in the last few years, and it's great for the community. How would, how would you describe, like, if, if, you were to, if someone were to ask me, you know, what do people do in Kitchener-Waterloo? I'd say our main industry is, like, tech. It's, it's a big one right now, um, obviously, with our schools and stuff like that. So what, how would you describe Sault Ste. Marie? Sault Ste. Marie is... Uh, what do people do here? It's a very much a steel town. Yeah. <laughs> um, the steel plant here is kind of our, our center, our core. Um, and now it's starting to kind of veer away where we're taking advantage of the, uh, our surrounding area. There's kind of a lot of those fishing and hunting expeditions and kind of that adventure wreck is kind of really popping up around here. And uh, we're kind of in a perfect spot for it. You born and raised here? Originally from Windsor. Really? Originally really? From Windsor, so what yeah. brings you all the way up this way? Because Windsor, don't they call that like the California of Ontario? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? So. Quite a contrast. Um, <laughs> I moved up here for school about 10 years ago okay. and uh, just fell in love with the city and stuck around. So are you a real outdoors type then? Yes. You're going to fall yes, in love with a city much. like this? You have to be, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what do you like to do? Hunt, fish? I uh, do a lot of fishing, a lot of hiking, stuff like that. Um, and like I said, it's, this is the perfect area for that. There's numerous lakes and trails, and uh, just got to get out there and see it. Do you have a boat, and what are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a boat? Water's a little cold right now. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. It's a good point. Well, right, we're up in Sault Ste. Marie. Let's grab a couple pints and yeah. go out and do some fishing. We'll let Mike go now. I'm ready to do some fishing. So would you say that your, uh, your beer education began when you were up here in school? Uh, it did. It did. Um, luckily enough, being a border city, I had access to a lot of great Michigan beers. And that was what kind of got me into the craft beer spin. Beers uh, coming from Founders and Bells, all those great big Michigan breweries that was kind of right in our back door uh, being with Sioux, Michigan. So that was kind of my, my start into craft beer with uh, those guys. Has that been challenging, obviously launching your own brewery with the, when you know the quality of beer that's just crossed? It has, it has. There's a, there's kind of standards to keep up when you're kind of next door to the big boys like that. So, uh, But it's been fun. It's been a, a lot of fun trying to keep to par to those those great breweries. How did Northern Superior come about? Uh, there's a couple local investors that had bought the rights to the uh, the original owner, uh, brewery's name. So we kind of spun it off of that, uh, that we wanted to kind of bring back that history of brewing in this town. Um, the old Northern Breweries was like, like almost like much like the steel plan is now. The old Northern Breweries was kind of that center focal point. Um, it's, we just hear endless stories about the old brewery. We're constantly getting our customers bringing us in old memorabilia. So it's great to see that we've kind of brought that back to life and uh, people kind of hooked and attached to it right away. So I just follow up. How, how did you become involved then? Because obviously the investors, you know, bought the rights to the Sioux Falls Brewing Company that was here. They're giant, for our listeners, a giant mural on the back wall that looks phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like it was done in, like, charcoal. It looks like it, Yes, yeah, it is. Um, how, how did you yourself get involved? Uh, the Me and a good friend of mine uh, had been brewing together for years, and we kind of just got in contact with the owners. They reached out to us um, to try and help them get the, the ball rolling and help them get set up. It's kind of, uh, it was about almost two years ago now we've been open, and uh, it's been uh, pretty good for us. Were you just brewing in your garage? Uh, yep, brewing in the garage, that's how I started. I did a little stint in side launch brewing down there, so I uh, had a little bit of experience, but uh, 
It's been quite a wild ride. <laughs> Side launch down to Collingwood, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's the, the craft beer industry uh, in Ontario, for sure, is, has just exploded mm. uh, of late. Uh, do you get support from other craft brewers across this province? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's kind of a close community between all the breweries. So, I mean, any, any kind of questions... Uh, we're, we're all pretty open to each other, bouncing ideas and helping each other out. It's, uh, it's great to see. Do, do you feel, Blake, like there's, are you, do you, do you even think about the, the big brewers? Is, is it any sort of competition or are you just kind of doing your own thing and, and taking the piece of the pie that comes? Uh, not so much. Um, we, like, like you said, we just kind of take the piece of pie that comes. I, I find if you're, if you're striving to be like those big boys... Um, I think you're going to get yourself in a world of trouble. <laughs> um, so we kind of do our battle within our, our kind of little slice of pie that we get. Obviously, the support from other breweries, like you mentioned, is big. You just brought 30 growlers from other all Ontario brewers? or uh, No, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, we got quite a few from BC, actually, that would just came in. Nice. Did you? How, how did uh, that idea come about, and did you order them yourself, or did you guys go to them? Or how? All of these growlers that are here all come from our customers bringing them in for us. Really? So they, uh, we'll let them bring it in. They know that it's going up on display, so it's kind of a good talking piece the next time they come in. Like, yeah, I brought this growler in for the guys. So. Yeah. It's cool. It kind of it exploded on us. We started it uh, not too long ago, and it was before we knew it, we got quite the collection. <laughs> <laughs> we see some TWB over there. I saw Sleeman over here. Yeah, there's a Welly right there. A welly, so yeah. yeah. All the uh, Kitwatville breweries that are listening right now. There too, you go. Obviously listening. We're missing those Block 3 guys. Yeah, yeah right. we had known, right? That's yeah. our fault. That was St. Jacob's boy. I should have. Yeah, I could have got you one. That's right. We should have done some research on Google Images and <laughs> <laughs> saw the brewery. That's good. Um, there's a lot of memorabilia tucked in some cabinets here as well. Is that part of uh, what, what people have brought you? Uh, some of it, yeah. Um, we were lucky enough, uh, before they tore down the old brewery, the city let us in uh, for two days before it got uh, demolished. So we brought U-Haul trucks and we pulled out as much stuff as we could out of there. That is awesome. uh, so we were able to collect a lot of cool, unique items. Um, and you can see hanging from the ceiling here, we have our uh, the crane, the ice crane wheel. So that used to run big blocks of ice the whole length of the brewery. So we were able to get that out. Um, got a couple of the old uh, wood beer barrels, which are like the holy grail, especially from the original brewery. So a lot of cool, unique pieces. Okay, we're all about honesty. Full disclosure on this podcast. Labat Extra Dry, okay? That was the beer I cut my teeth on when I was a young man. What about you? I believe it was blue. Labat Blue. Nice, nice. Both of you guys are in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) What to you now, Blake, makes a good beer? To me, it makes a good beer is is a beer that you can taste and you can kind of taste the passion in the beer. Something that has that, uh, you can just kind of feel the story behind it. You can, you can taste the, the kind of love and the, the work that went into a good beer. And I think it uh, kind of sounds cliche, but I think you can actually taste that when you're, you're trying these small craft breweries and trying their suds. I fully believe you can taste that in there. So if you could pick a beer that wasn't Northern Superior to sit down and have one of, not to drink a growl. question. Did I? <laughs> Is that your follow-up? Great That's minds a, think alike. It's all right. Or... Idiots never differ. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what's your pint? One of my favorites. Uh, Tours Light. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Unfortunately. No, one of my favorites, uh, I always make sure I run down to Michigan to grab his uh, Bell, or, uh, Bell's uh, their Hop Slam. Uh, 10% double IPA, and that's uh, 
limited release, so I always make sure I try and grab a six pack of that when it's released. At ten percent, probably only need a six. You only pack. need one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only gonna have one. I'm gonna make a count. Yeah, you're gonna make a count. <laughs> What's the most popular beer here at Northern Superior? Uh, it would probably be our 55, our Oktoberfest. Um, oh. That one's been really good for us, and uh, it's picking up a lot of steam. And these bottles, we'll get to Oktoberfest in a second, but these bottles I'm looking at that have 55 on the label, something tells me those aren't the bottles you're brewing in right no, now. No, no, uh, the 55 is a name from the original brewery, one of their beers. And the, uh, the story behind it is they released that beer in 1955 for the centennial of the locks here in the city. Ah. So that was uh, what the originally brewery, original brewery did for their 55. Um, we just kind of mimicked that and tried to keep it as true as we could to the old, uh, the old brewery and uh, give it the same name. How difficult is it to keep coming up with new recipes? It's, uh, that's... It's not that difficult. I mean, there is there are some challenges in it, but that's the fun part of brewing is kind of getting that creativeness out and uh, getting to toy around and play around with the small batches. What's distribution like for Northern Superior? It's tough up here. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's not too bad, but uh, it's just our where we're located. I mean, we're about four to six hours either direction to the next closest city, so that's a, it's a challenge for us. But uh, we're making our way through it. It, it, it would be tough because you don't get, like, you know, at least with certain spots and certain craft brewers, especially in Kitchener Waterloo, you get that tourist, people, the, the tourists coming through. What, what would bring someone to Sault Ste. Marie to try Northern Superior that may not uh, know that it was here? Uh, we do, uh, the Sioux is uh, a heavy, heavy tourist city. Uh, in the summer, uh, we get tons and tons of tourists that come through uh, for the tour train that goes up to Agua Canyon. Uh, there's cruise ships that come in through the locks. Um, so we do get a lot of tourists that come in. We just try and get our, our beer on that train, our beer um, when they come off the boat. We're, we're there repping, and hopefully they come by and see us. How often is there something new rotated on your taps here? Uh, you, we have six beers that we're brewing right now and in our tap room right here we only have three on tap so we're constantly rotating between those six and then we splash in our uh, seasonal every once in a while so what's an average day like uh for blake winter head brewer it's it's a tough one Uh, I mean, because this is obviously the best part of your day. Yeah, right? sitting around this talking is the fun about, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the far one podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, the average day is uh, a lot of kegging, brewing uh, a couple times a week. We're brewing uh, a lot of cleaning. I always say that as a brewer, ninety percent of your job is cleaning. So you're like a glorified janitor <laughs> that makes cool beer. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's uh, with, with all craft brewers, it's small batch stuff. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what size are we talking about here? Uh, we have a 10-barrel uh, brew system. So we can brew about um, 12 and a half hectares, or 12 and a half, 12,000, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> 12 hectoliters at a time. That was hard to say. Um, we all knew what you meant, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, we have a 10-barrel brew system, and then our fermenters are 20-barrel. So we'll brew two batches to fill one of our fermenters. Um, so we're... A little bit bigger than uh, some craft breweries out there, um, but we're mostly making lagers right now, so having those bigger 20-barrel fermenters makes it a little easier to keep the product moving. Right. Lagers are harder to do than nails, right? They are. They require a little bit more attention and a lot more time. Yeah. Yeah. Does that suit the, the palate here in Sault Ste. Marie? Would you... 
It was, did you try to find that match? Uh, we did, yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our two flagship beers were our Northern Superior Lager and our 55, the Oktoberfest. And like I said, those were direct uh, relation to the old brewery. Those were two of their original beers. So we tried to keep them uh, the same styles, as close as we could to the original beers, but they are new recipes. Um, and they were good, uh, easy drinking beers for to get us out there, right? Um, kind of a blue-collar town, so having those nice, easy drinking beers to start us off got a lot of people interested in us. And then now we're slowly branching away and doing more of the craftier styles. You mentioned Oktoberfest. Kitchener Waterloo is huge for Oktoberfest, largest Bulgarian yes. festival outside Munich. Um, for someone who's listening to this, how would you describe the taste of 55? It's a sweet, little bit spicy amber lager. So um, we use straight Munich malt for ours, so it gives it a really, really sweet, nice, toasty flavor. And then uh, we use our cluster hops that kind of give it a little bit of spiciness to it. So it still gives you a lot of character that the craft beer drinkers will love, but it's still nice and dry finish like a traditional lager. So then our not-so-craft drinker uh, beer drinkers still, uh, still really enjoy the beer. I'll tell you right now, I'm taking one home with me. I will give you a full review. It's going to happen. <laughs> part two of the podcast, Mike and I get drunk. <laughs> Looking forward. That's not this part? <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Touche. Well, Blake, we really appreciate your time on this. Uh, no problem, guys. Uh, are you expecting a lot of people here for tonight's uh, Greyhound Ranger game? We are, we are. We usually uh, fill up pretty quick for Greyhound. Played on the break, big we screen do, here? Yes, we do. Nice. nice. But you're going to turn off the volume, flip the radio over to 572. Because you want the Kitchener Ranger <laughs> side of it, right? He's doing it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing it. it. The best part about that podcast, and you didn't get to hear it, was that afterwards, our friend Blake Winter was kind enough to supply us with some beverages. So generous. So generous. Wasn't expected at nope. all. Um, at all. Um, I expected to go there, buy a pint, sit down, and talk to him about his beer. Absolutely. Uh, he gave us some free beverages to walk home with. He gave us four growlers. Okay, I was going to say how much. Well, I mean, come exactly. on. Yeah. Um, shout out to, to Blake. Cheers to that. I'll cheers I'll, I'll raise, you as well. I'll yep. raise a glass to that. Cheers, cheers. to that. Um, excuse me. Um, but we had to walk home with those growlers. We did. I And it wasn't as simple as just... Looping each hand, you know, two arms each, four growlers. They were all in a box, and we also had our bags with us. Um, and we had to throw them over the shoulder. We had to take turns carrying these four growlers back to the hotel. Let's look at it this way, Chris. We are a team on the Farwell and Pope podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What we should have done, what would have looked funny is if we each took an end and walked this box <laughs> down the streets of Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. What made us feel even sillier, though, is after this 15-minute walk where we each had to take two turns carrying this box of four growlers. That's happened. We get to the SR Center in Sault Ste. Marie, and there's head coach Jay McKee running each and every stair of the SR Center. I believe they call that a tour de stade. I don't care what you call it. It's silly. It was after he had already done a 5K, 5K. run. Yeah. Um, yeah, boy, did we feel silly. We were out of shape. I took the elevator up here and walked down the hall, and I was out of breath. Yeah. Let's be honest. You and I have to take turns carrying the broadcast equipment from the basement of the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener to the broadcast booth. 
I'm not even ashamed of that. That's a long way up. And it's I pretty challenge high. anyone, if they would like to do that for <laughs> us, please email us at mike at 570news.com. While you're doing that, there are still sponsorship opportunities available on the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your commercial could be right here. This podcast is both literally and figuratively brought to you by Northern Superior Brewing Company. This specific podcast yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope. And we should mention, if you think that we're uh, passing the buck on carrying the case all the way up the Memorial Auditorium stairs, the legend Don Cameron did that routinely and never once complained. We always complain. Why do you have to be this way? Because he's better than us. He really, really is. <laughs> he's better than us. Always will be. Always has been. Yes. Uh, so yeah, follow us on Twitter at underscore Chris Pope and at Farwell underscore OHL. That's right. And you'll find this podcast on iTunes. You, well, you know where you found You've got it already. 570news.com. Send it to your friends. iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Take your pick. And if you're an owner of a brewery and there's an OHL team in your city, hit us up. We're really good at brewery tours. It worked out okay this time. I thought so. I, Blake was awesome. He was a great guy. I was just really upset that he didn't have his boat out on the water and it was too cold. I would have loved to go fishing. It is October. Maybe next month when we're up there, we'll go out. Yeah, because November will be much warmer than October. I'll bring a jacket. I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. This has been the Farwell and Pope Podcast. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.